with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Welcome to this very special episode of the Jewish Patriot with Cindy Gross, syndicated through Real Talk Radio 93.3, the Black and White Network, and Conservative Television of America. And we are here with three congressional candidates who are the faces of the new GOP from New Jersey. So let's start in my opening pearls of wisdom because I am Zisel Peril, sweet pearl. And you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to appreciate what you're gonna hear and see today. Why are we focusing on New Jersey? Because when there was a governor's race last year, everybody thought that there was never a chance New Jersey could be in play for Republicans. Mm -hmm. The media played into that. The Republican National Committees played into that and national donors played into that. And you know what we found out? That had more people taken New Jersey seriously, we might have a Republican governor there today. Not only that, I am focusing on New Jersey because as New York has abandoned Donald Trump, New Jersey has made Donald Trump welcome and everybody is running to his summer home. There was also a huge rumor that there was a possibility that one of the congressmen from New Jersey is uh, being considered for a vice presidentship should Donald Trump decide to run in 2024. My tip for the RNC, my tip for the super PACs, my tip to the Trump supporters, because they are going to those super PACs as well, focus on 50 states, focus on every seat, and focus on New Jersey, because New Jersey is really in play, especially in the East Coast. So with that, I am going to introduce three congressional candidates. We're gonna go alphabetically. So Darius Mayfield, welcome to the show. So please share with everybody a little bit about you, about where you're from, what district, and why you are running and what is your major issue that you would like to change in Washington, DC. All right, so I guess I get to kick it off, huh? Uh, my name is Darius Mayfield. Uh, I am running for Congress in New Jersey's 12th Congressional District against Maxine Waters' best friend, Miss Bonnie Watson Coleman. My motto is not black, not white, American, you know, not Christian, not Jewish, American, not brown, not white, whatever you want to call it, not Republican, not Democrat, American. We are about putting people over party, people over politics, and just getting back to what makes this country great. And that's our inalienable rights and freedoms. And just being part of the American family, the American experiment. Uh, this is the greatest country to ever grace the face of the earth, um, which births the greatest 
is people to ever walk on the face of the earth. And that's not to downplay any other people, but there is just something special. Uh, there is something extraordinary about this country, uh, about the people in this country. I am under the belief that the American people are an exceptional people because of those freedoms that we were born with, uh, because of just, you know, this great experiment being a vessel for the world to see brighter days, um, you know, as we've seen throughout our history and the history of the world. My number one issue for my campaign is education, uh, specifically school choice, which is something that we've identified that will really help bring this country together really help uh, progress this country in ways that everybody wants to see us uh, progress uh, through our relationships with each other, through our interactions, through how we're presented to the world, through how we how we implement different policies, the policies we put forth, you know, having that educational background, having some type of education and being able to reason, live in reality, have critical thinking skills is something that we are sorely lacking nowadays. And we see it, especially in some of the generations coming up right now. You know, uh, there was a, a couple of re in recent instances, you have things in like Philadelphia where you'll see 300 kids line up out of in front of a CVS and walk through the entire store and rob the entire store. We just saw that happen in LA last week where they went inside a convenience store and literally 100 plus kids went in there and ransacked the store and stole everything off the shelves from behind the counters. And a lot of these things come from anger and angst, but a lot of these things also come from a lack of critical thinking skills from our educational um, standards uh, deteriorating so much in this country where in certain communities in this country, you have, I was actually just reading yesterday where uh, there are, there are, I believe about 15 schools right now um, in this country that literally have 0% of their students that can read at a grade level. You go to places like uh, Baltimore uh, in Maryland, you have the majority of their schools where they have less than 50% of the kids that can read and write and do math at a grade level. You have schools that have 50, 60, 70, 80% of their kids dropping out and not completing their education. You know, these things have very adverse effects on communities, on societies, and the consciousness of those individuals lacking uh, that education. So for me, school choice, education is the biggest and fastest thing we can improve in this country to improve conditions um, throughout multiple communities in this country. And it's my honor to uh, shed a light on this issue, uh, to bring it to the forefront and represent all Americans. Because one thing you find is that when it comes to school choice and bettering our education, it's not just a conservative issue. It's not just a Republican issue. Black and brown Democrats wanted, white, black and brown independents wanted. They all want to make sure their kids don't just have the choice to attend violent failing schools, but have the choice to get the education that they deserve in such a rich country. In fact, the greatest country, as I said, to ever grace this earth. So education is very, very important. And uh, that is my most important issue. Well, everybody who knows me knows that's my number one issue, having the running <laughs> yeah, lawsuit. And I am actually <laughs> very shortly going to be with a congressional candidate and a state Senate candidate in front of a failing school where everybody there is complaining and yet 
nothing is being done because the teachers unions have such powers there. Thank you so much for that very detailed discussion on your agenda and the passion you have in it for a national discussion. Frank Plata, <laughs> you're up next. Tell everybody what district you are running in and why you are running this time because you were one of those people that went to sleep in 2020, the winner, and woke up again and found out <laughs> you had the same fate as many others. But you gave gave it your all. You never gave up from the next day on. You were back on the campaign trail for now. So welcome back to the show and tell us why you're running this time and why you see change this time in your seat. Sure. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for having me on again. It's always great to be with you. And I always hate following Darius because he's like the coolest guy. You're great. And, and actually, I love working with Darius. Darius and Billy, I've been on the trail with a lot. Um, we have a lot of exciting candidates with a lot of great ideas for New Jersey. And Cindy, I think you're right. Uh, I think New Jersey is finally starting to wake up to the fact that, that failed Democrat leadership uh, over, over the last decade or so uh, hasn't worked for the people. Um, I am in Congressional District 5. Congressional District 5 is, uh, I think, the third largest in terms of area. It runs along the northern quarter of New York from, uh, from the Hudson River all the way to the Pennsylvania border and down about another uh, 80 miles or so. So uh, we've got the, the, the farms of Sussex County. We've got the larger neighborhoods in Bergen County. And we have the urban areas of Hackensack and Bergenfield. Uh, District 5 is a microcosm of New Jersey. It's why I love it. Uh, I, again, I, I cross over not so much with Darius, but uh, with Billy Prempe. He and I cross uh, cross paths a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm running for a, a couple reasons. You know, first and foremost is I, I like these two gentlemen feel that the Democrat leadership that's in place they do not represent the people of New Jersey. They represent the people of the country. They represent blindly the Democrat Party and the Democrat Party agenda. And the, the job of, of of any elected official, particularly somebody running for Congress. Uh, is to do that which is in the best interest of the district you serve. Uh, it's not that tough. You know, Darius and Billy and I talk about our districts and what's needed. And, and while it's a, it's a federal position, it is the most local federal elected position there is in the country. You are supposed to spend your time doing what's in the best interest uh, of, of, your, of your district. So, you know, what, what I've found, you know, first and foremost is Josh Gottheimer does not bring the values that he claims he brings for New Jersey. He just doesn't. He's a Clinton speechwriter. He's interested in the next two or three or four or five steps of his political career. And once he gets to this, got to this position, he almost forgot about what he said he would do. Salt is a great example. Um, the tax burden in New Jersey, as, the, as these two gentlemen know, and everyone else running for Congress, um, is what keeps everyone up at night. Our tax burden. We're the number one tax state. We have the worst business environment. Uh, we are the number one exit state, which I think uh, Billy will probably be for the fourth year in a row. People are leaving New Jersey in droves and it's got to stop. They, they leave because of all the things that we mentioned. What I want to do is, is turn the focus like these two gentlemen to the people in our district, to the people of the state. What keeps people in New Jersey? What keeps people in any place? The, the opportunity to raise their children the way that they want them to be raised without the interference of the government. The opportunity for businesses to move, move forward without interference from the government. And that's what I want to really do. I want to I concentrate mostly, Cindy, on 
making sure the small businesses, 19,000 that were in, in my district before the pandemic hit, and more than half of them were closed. I want the small businesses who are the backbone of this state to know that not just me, but, but you know, Billy and Darius as well, and everyone else running will have their backs. Well, you're very important for them to know. You can't think. What's that? I'm sorry, we had a little technical thing, but you're talking our language, small business. That's something we don't hear much about. We hear the word economy, but we don't hear small business enough. And small business we, is what has made up America, especially in the past couple of decades. Yeah, I think the number, Cindy, is about 20% of, uh, of the workers in America work for a small company. So our veterans, our small businesses, and, and lastly, and Darius hit on this, our kids. If it's not about school choice, it's about you know, mandating and CRT and things like that. So as, as, as our kids go, so go our, our, our world and our economy. So I'm going to concentrate like these two gentlemen on making sure that what keeps the people in our district up at night, I am addressing. And I'm making sure that as the economy changes, as the world changes, that, that the 435 of us sitting in Congress are all working together to try and move the country ahead. So I'm excited to do this, Cindy, and thank you again for having me on. Well, I want to just put in a little bit of my words of wisdom about what a word, two words you just said, working together. Democrats are much better than us, and at least show it. And I want to use today's show as a platform to show how people can work together, build up their coalitions, and actually get noticed because we're all fighting for the same donors, we're all fighting for the same volunteers, we're all fighting fighting for the same issues because we're all brothers in patriotism in saving our constitution and for fighting for our amendment rights that are being taken away every single day. So with that in mind, if Mr. Billy is, oh, okay, he is so busy there. He's so popular. We were <laughs> so lucky to get him to join us. And I'll tell you something else to my listeners and followers. These three each said to me, they wanted to bring more people on because they're all working as a team. So that's a credit to them. But Billy, it's your time to come on. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about where your uh, district is and about why you are in the race to win. Uh, so, Cindy, thank you so much for having me. And this is great. It's like another family reunion being here with uh, Darius and Frank Pilata again. So, um, yeah, so uh, we, we work very close hand in hand. And the reason why um, is because our our thoughts and our vision for the country is very similar. We're all living under the exact same situation for the most part. Um, myself, I'm a, I'm a very simple guy. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a finance guy. I'm a regular, simple, blue-collar American uh, here from Patterson, New Jersey. I've lived here my entire life, um, and I'm a first-generation American. My parents came to the United States primarily because they wanted to give us an opportunity towards prosperity, and at being only 32 years old, um, I, I see that those options and those possibilities are becoming more and more um, impossible as time passes. And I, I see that in the, the community that I live in here in Patterson, um, it's the third largest city in the entire state, but it's also a very crime riddled city, unfortunately. Um, and it's one of the largest cities inside of my district in District 9. The 
opponent that I'm running against, he has been congressperson for well over 26 years. And prior to that, he's been, he's got an entire political experience of about 40 years in other local seats. So he has a lot of name recognition, a lot of name recognition and a lot of control that he's had in the community. Um, and I've seen that as I've gotten older, things have gotten worse, but the promises just got bigger and bigger, but they never delivered on the promises. And when it started to get to a point that some friends of mine and even family have been killed in the communities like here in Patterson, um, I started to realize that they don't really have much of a plan for the future. And if I don't say anything, I don't do anything, um, I'm going to have to to carry this entire burden. You know, it's my generation, the next generation and the generation after that are gonna have to get our country back on the right track. In fact, recently the inflation reduction, or I like to call it the inflation creation bill was recently signed by my opponent and he champions this for the very small portion of that bill that says it's gonna offer some funding towards healthcare services, which is great and all, but this is what the Democrats do. They make a big promise, but they don't give you the rest of the pie or give you the rest of the story. Because if you actually look into that bill, Bill, you'll see that about $400 billion inside of that bill is going to climate change. And there's no, there's no thorough explanation as to how that's going to be used. And climate change has nothing to do with inflation, but it's a pet project that they installed in there. $45 billion of the, of the money inside of this bill is also going to be used to hire an additional 87,000 IRS agents. And I don't think a lot of people in America understand the magnitude of how many that is, because currently, Currently, as of 2021, the IRS had 81,000 IRS agents. Now they're adding an additional 87,000. So just to give you a comparison, they're only 20,000 IRS agents short of having the same amount of personnel as the entire United States Marine Corps active duty. So it has nothing to do with coming after the top 1%. There's about 2,000, maybe 3,000 billionaires in the United States and probably about 20,000 millionaires plus in the United States. All these agents, they're coming after you. Do. They're coming after everybody's pockets. And the thing that I see here is there's not going to be much of a path to prosperity if nothing is said and done. So what I decided to do when I ran is I wanted to go in with a series of plans and plans that are practical. I don't want to be one of the candidates that just come and say a bunch of nice things because as a military veteran, you can't go into battle without a plan, right? So I'm going to go, I'm going to go into detail with about just three of them just for the sake of time. The first one that I think is most important is something that I call the 8-10-12 plan. And this is my plan for term limits, eight years for the president, 10 for, for Congress and 12 for senators. And I think that's totally reasonable. Second portion of that bill is that it prevents federally elected officials from any, from, uh, from assuming office if they're related to anyone that is a lobbyist. And I believe that lobbying has gotten out of control and many people inside of politics are starting to take advantage of this. Nancy Pelosi being a good example, my opponent whose son is also a lobbyist who lobbies on his behalf while he's a federally elected official. I think that's a conflict of interest. Now, we usually hear from a lot of people that, that how are you going to push term limits? No one is going to is going to vote for themselves out of a job. Well, I've I've created the bill in such a way where if this gets put onto the floor, I would like for it to be a roll call vote. People have to put their name on record as to what they're they're about this the specific vote. But the people that are currently in Congress that vote for this bill will be exempt from any of these term limits. However, any following Congress people that come after the fact will be subject to the term limits. Now, if you're already in office and you vote against that bill, now you have to explain to the American people 
people why you would not want to put term limits in place, especially if it has nothing to do with you or, or it doesn't actually affect you. You look at it statistically, whether it's Democrat, Republican, Socialist, God forbid, they all they're all in full full favor of term limits. I believe it's about 80 to 90 percent in some of the polls that I've seen over the past year. And the support for that is growing. So first things first, I think that's one of the, the, the best ways that we can bring new, fresh ideas into our government without any kind of with any without any kind of slippage. And I think no matter what side you are on the aisle, they agree with this. The second thing is we need to we need to help create not just more jobs, but also reduce crime. And I believe that the Freedom of Education Plan, which is a second bill that I that, that I, I mean, the second plan that I've created um, will do just that. So growing up in, in, in places like Patterson, opportunity scarce. Education is not the best. And one thing that I've noticed was that when I was in school, even I wasn't an A-plus student. I'm a regular guy, but I excelled in the hands-on and the trades and in different skills. And a lot of these programs have been removed. You know, Thankfully, it's because of these programs that have led me to joining the military, becoming a mechanic, and, and, and beginning my life that way as a young adult. So what I started to see was that, you know, many of these these unions, for example, the NJEA, they would come at me in, in 2020 when I ran previously because they said, well, you're going to if you're so pro-choice, I mean, pro, uh, pro-school choice, which I am, you're just going to take dollars out of the public school system. And that's not necessarily true. I think that's red, uh, a, a, a false flag when they say that. But if that's the case, that means that our public schools aren't as competitive as the choice schools. The, pro the problem is not the choice program. The choice program has a better curriculum for a reason which is why parents want to be able to send their kids there. And I think that your tax dollars should follow your child no, no matter where it is they choose to go to. But then I also realize I'm limited at a federal level. I can't change the curriculums that are being taught in the schools. But what I can do is I can create a framework that can make our public schools better. And the way I intend on doing that is with this, the, this federal framework that will allow states and schools to opt into this program where if any of the businesses are involved in the finances, the trades, or, or, or any of the IT fields and they have a proven work track his, uh, a proven work uh, track record they can opt into these programs where the more they invest into the school the more they can write off on their taxes 100%. So I'll give you an example if Darius is, is carpenter A and he says I'm going to bring a sawmill to your school for let's say the sawmill is worth $80,000 and you guys can use that however you want he can write that off entirely but there's a bidding process because now Frank says, well, I'll bring you two sawmills. I'll take, I'll knock down two of the walls, make one big wood shop. I'll give you one of my employees. I'll continue to pay the employee. I'll pay the salary. Then, then we'll have this wood shop class in your program. Let's say that entire cost to Frank Pilato was $800,000. He could write that off entirely. And the reason why I say this is because what's one of the largest things you hear the, the left talking about? The top 1%, they're not paying their fair share. The truth is they are. They're just writing it off. And the truth is they're going to write off their taxes anyway. Way. So what better way to do this than to actually give them an incentive to invest in our schools? This way, the excuse of the trade programs being too expensive is out of the window. It doesn't matter. The burden is now on the business owner. No business owner saying no to that. And when our children graduate high school, they're not just graduating with a diploma. They're also graduating with a, certif with a certification in any of the selected trades. Now, I believe in the next 10 years or so with a program like this, America will be on track to start producing more, creating more job opportunities. And we have the capacity to turn America into an export country where one of the best things that we also even export is our actual skills. There's many places in the world that look for our skill set. And as time progressed, many people started to fall out of these <laughs> skilled trades. We got to give people a reason to to uh, to get back involved in these in these.
these programs and start exporting out. And lastly, I'll touch, I'll finish with this, the Revive America plan, which kind of piggybacks off of the freedom of education plan. And basically what this does is many of the factories that I see in places like Irvington, New Jersey, Trenton, New Jersey, uh, Newark, New Jersey, Patterson, New Jersey, Canton, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, a lot of these factories are sitting on the, the municipal tax rolls. Most of them are not collecting any taxes. They're not doing anything, but they're an eyesore in the community. And this is because many of the manufacturing jobs have left our country and they there's no reason for them to come back with high taxation. So what the Revive America plan does is it creates an incentive for businesses to, to, to purchase these buildings. If they're able to purchase the building, renovate it, get it up to code, they can write, they can, they can write a portion of their, their um, purchase off on their taxes by hiring people within the specific counties that the factories are located in. They are also qualified for further tax incentives for doing so. So if you have a program where children are learning skills, that are in demand and we have a pipeline where our schools are now being transformed into, into career training centers, they're now able to compete with the public school system. And it gives parents a reason to want to go to these schools. We also have a program where businesses have more of an opportunity to invest inside of the United States. And I believe you partner these three things. It's one of the best ways to get our country back on track, especially while we have a ridiculous amount of spending that the next two, two or three generations are going to have to deal with. So there's no better way to deal with this problem than to equip the children right now. Wow. All three of you, I mean, this could go on forever. You guys are so well prepared to go to DC. You actually, you know, you have definite ideas. And as I'm listening to all of you and watching this, I'm thinking we look like the the modern day Brady Bunch here. I feel like, you know, we all we had to do is hum the song. And then I'm saying to everybody, take a look at the new Republican Party. All different backgrounds, all different ages, all different financial backgrounds all different family backgrounds coming together. And that was, that I can't stress enough the idea that if Republicans wanna win in November, if they wanna win the ha uh, White House back in 2024, they better work together on all levels because we have the winning issues on our side, but we only win them if we're together. So I have a couple of questions that are gonna go very quick. And because we started, with Frank, uh, with Darius first. We're going to start with Frank first this time. Who has endorsed you, and what are some of the uh, highlights of those endorsements uh, that you are very proud of? Sure. Well, um, the, the, the big, we've got a number of, I, th I think like Darius and Billy, we have a number of local endorsements uh, around, but we just received the endorsement from uh, Whip Steve Scalise last week. And, uh, and that was that was a big deal. Steve reached out to, to me in the night of the primary to congratulate me. And and I kind of thought it was one of, you know, 435 different texts that he sent out that night. And and, and it, it was, I mean, I don't know how many he sent out, but we had some conversations afterwards. And he did mention that, that New Jersey was in play. He did mention that New Jersey was important, not necessarily in flipping the house, because I think we'll get there, but in really taking a significant enough chunk that you know, we, we, we don't just have a majority, but we have a good, strong majority. So you know, Steve came out shortly afterwards and said, what can I do? How can I help? Um, I mentioned an endorsement and he laughed and he said, of course, you're gonna get an endorsement. Um, but that, you know, that, that, that's, that's helped me quite a bit. Um, I, I was uh, humbled to get it. I think, as you guys know, I, I received the endorsement from Donald Trump two years ago and uh, receiving a call from the White House on an errand Saturday to say the leader of the free world is endorsing you 
um, is uh, I, th- I think it was more exciting, Cindy, to my father uh, th- than it was to me. He couldn't believe it. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that's uh, that, that's just a testimony to, to what we're doing. And I, I think what these leaders think Darius and Billy and I are doing to try and push uh, to try and push things forward. Um, the other thing that we've done that that's kind of exciting, it's a little outside the box, but I think the three of us like to think outside the box, especially Billy, who lives outside the box. Um, but uh, I started a, uh, a radio talk show, Cindy, I'm following in your footsteps on AM 970 and 570. But um, we don't have a lot of coverage in New Jersey, as you know, from the press. Um, you know, Cindy, I, I think you go way, way out of your way out of state to help New Jersey because of the value you see and what we bring to the table. So, um, you know, this is about the issues that are important uh, to, to the people, not just of the fifth, but overall in New Jersey. And it's a good way to get the word out. Um, I, you know, just just we bring in guests and we talk about things like inflation and, and talk about the military and, and and crime and things like that. So so that, that, that I think that's. That's important here, but but what really is, has pushed forward, uh, you know, our campaign and and why we're starting to see the polls really really tighten up in New Jersey is, as you said, Cindy, we have solutions. You know, it's really easy to point a finger at the other guy to tell everyone they're not doing a great job, but you know, B- Billy just spent a ton of time telling you what his solutions and what his answers are. You know, Darius is is very articulate in telling you this is what we will do for you. And when people hear just the arguing, they tend to turn it off. You know, when Darius mentions in detail what he wants to do and how he wants to do it, people start to stand up and take notice. Why? Because our New Jersey Democrat leadership is not doing that. People, you know, people are are, are craving answers. And in order to change a party, in order to flip a seat, uh, you need two things, Cindy. You need anger and you need excitement. And we have the hang, we have the anger. Uh, we know that people are not happy with all the things we discussed about crime, all the things that Billy brought up that's happening in nine. We now have the excitement. So we've got that marriage of anger and excitement. But this is going to be a turnout election, plain and simple. If we don't get out, we don't win. We, we've got the anger. We've got the excitement. And we want to make sure that we get people out. So the other part of my campaign is going to be about you know, getting people out. You know, it's a, it's about registering. It's about making sure that people get out. We have early voting. I am not the biggest fan of the of the drop boxes, but until we change the makeup of the legislature in New Jersey, this is something we're going to have to deal with and we're going to have to work through. So I, I am excited, Cindy. I'm excited about where we're going. I'm excited about the polls. I'm thrilled to run with these two guys and the and the other guys that are running across the state. And and we're going to make a statement in New Jersey come uh, come November. Yeah, yeah. You're next. Who has endorsed you? Because I've seen you with a lot of people. You're muted, Darius. Uh, Darius, you're muted. So is Billy. All right. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so I've been endorsed by people like the NJ5 pack that focuses on parental rights, medical freedom, um, things of that sort of non-partisan group. I was actually um, the first congressional candidate endorsed by them this year, so I was very uh, honored by that. Um, I've been endorsed by uh, Grammy Award-winning producer Scott Storch. I'm very proud about that. Um, Grammy-nominated singer and entertainer Ray J, the bro- brother of Randy, uh, Brandy, I'm sorry, I've uh, been endorsed by him as well as uh, Congressman Burgess Owens, uh, Congressman Jeff Van Drew, uh, former congressional candidate Kim Klasick, and the first 
person to uh, endorse me was Bishop E.W. Jackson, who, uh, uh, Virginia uh, in 2020, as well as uh, former Trump um, administration employee and Trump family friend, Miss Lynn Patton, uh, who has also endorsed me and who was also the keynote speaker at my first major fundraiser. Um, I think of all those endorsements, they're obviously all special. Um, I think one that really hits close to home is the endorsement of uh, Congressman Jeff Van Drew, um, with him being a New Jersey native. Um, you know, we're in Jersey. You know, people say a lot of things about Jersey. They say, well, we're a blue state. We're not, um, you know, and uh, I think it's now five, half of the last, you know, uh, 10 governors here. Now that we lost this election have been Republican governors, um, even here in my district and District 12, even though it's gone blue since 2000, before that, it was all Republicans um, that were uh, appointed to this seat. So we know the Republicans are here. We know the right leaning uh, unaffiliated are here. As Frank said, they just need to be energized, um, excited and angry at all at the same time. And I think people are angry, but now it's just time for people like us to keep energizing them, um, which we saw in the primaries uh, across New Jersey. Um, from the 2018 primary midterm primaries to now, New Jersey was up. Uh, New Jersey Republicans were up over 30 percent in total uh, votes in each of the districts combined. Um, I was up over 33 percent here from the 2018 midterm primaries, and my Democratic opponent, more importantly, was down three percent. So that's just a little bit of an indication of where we are all are right now. You see things like Myra winning in Texas. Uh, you see even in New York where you guys are just the other day, even though he lost out there in the 19th, he was in th within three points of winning that seat in a, a special election, a Republican candidate in New York um, of all places. And I think that has um, very good indications for what you guys might be able to do um, come November. Um, I think that has very good implications for what we might be able to do uh, here in New Jersey come November. And, you know, just I, I say Jeff Andrew because, you know, first, obviously, being a Jersey boy, you know, Jersey strong, Jersey boy. I love this state. You know, I tell people all the time, I, I don't think I'll ever um, move anywhere else. I just Jersey to me is just the apex of uh, community, the apex of unity. Uh, it's the most diverse state in the entire country. Um, we have a lot of the top populations here, whether it's Peruvian, uh, Jewish, we have the second largest Jewish population here. You know, it's a very, very integrated um, state. And, you know, I think that's incumbent of what people want to see in America. You know, where we're all Americans, no matter your religion, no matter your race, no matter your creed, no matter your gender, um, we're all American family at the end of the day. So to get the endorsement of somebody like Jeff Andrew, who's a Jersey boy, who was a former Democrat that switched over to the Republican Party um, under Donald Trump and um, for him to reach out to, even after the endorsement and before the endorsement, um, his team has just been so welcoming. Right. Um, and working with us and breaking down the numbers and getting us the data and things of that sort. Um, you know, for a guy like me that comes from very humble beginnings, uh, comes from the hood, welfare, Section 8. Uh, my father left when I was three years old, you know, to getting some legal trouble as a teenager and just being a bad kid to being endorsed by not one, but two sitting congressmen um, is, is quite extraordinary. And I think, 
you know, the exact reason why I'm doing this in the first place to show other people that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what your family history is, whatever those things are in this country, you are blessed. And in this country, if you put in hard work and you believe in yourself, um, you can accomplish anything. And I think that's just uh, what an endorsement from a sitting congressman, you know, I, I still just pinch myself sometimes now, just like, man, like, you know, my family called me, people call me, they're like, bro, I, my aunt called me the other day or she texted me the other day and she goes, Darius, I just saw your sign on my street. You go, boy. Like she was just so excited, right? And so happy, like just to get those phone calls and just to see, you know, how much I'm encouraging people, how much I'm inspiring people and not just people that are Republicans. You know, these are black Democrats in a lot of cases when it comes to my family and my friends, but they're able to, I think I'm the type of person and because of my candidacy, they're able to look beyond um, the party title sometimes and understand, well, we know Darius, we know his heart. We know he's a good person, so he must be doing what he's doing for a reason. So let us at least listen. And I think that's a start um, to really unifying this country and bringing people together and, and returning the power back to the American people rather than these career corrupt politicians like my opponent, Bonnie Watson Coleman, who um, is just has her sons, you know, in uh, uh, state state positions after being in federal government for or after being in government for over 25 years. You know, the nepotism there, people are tired of that. Um, bringing back the old mayor's brother who was indicted him and his brother of Trenton and now, you know, making a phone call to get him a job in the state office is just people are really tired of those things. So I'm just happy that I can continue to be myself, be an inspiration for people. And uh, I'm really, really honored by all the endorsements that I received so far. And we got some uh, some pretty cool ones that we're still working on. So stay tuned for that. We'll see what happens and we'll see how it all shapes out. And Billy, you're up next. Um, yeah, so me, I don't have too many endorsements, and that's that's not well, because of you have the Jewish vote GOP endorsement. Well, oh, he got endorsement. He got the same endorsements as me. Well, <laughs> well, well, to be, well, to be honest, a, a lot of my focus during this campaign has uh, has really been focused on just on delivering. So I've really been putting my nose to the grindstone, and I've been hyper focused on that. Um, there are, like Darius said, yes, there are people that have endorsed me. Um, some of the notable ones would be uh, New Jersey Five Pack, uh, New Jersey uh, Medical Freedom, two groups that I'm I'm very passionate about it. I think medical freedom is something that's very important, not just in New Jersey, but uh, across the United States, especially after what, you, what we just went through over the past two years. That was a lot of insanity. Um, and one of the most notable uh, uh, endorsements that I have is Congressman Jeff Van Drew was also another person um, who has endorsed me. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy about that, especially considering um, the news that was just given not too long ago at, at uh, Trump Bedminster, where he's even considering um, Congress and Jeff Andrew to potentially be vice president, which I thought was a very interesting pick. And at first I was like, why Jeff Andrew? But, you know, um, I think he's a very balanced uh, person. He's a very balanced candidate. There's still a lot of uh, Democrats that also support his vision. He also brought a lot of Democrats over to the Republican Party. Um, and I think he may be that that kind of person that could act as that intermediary, a better version of Mike Pence. Mike Pence with more personality and more style, I guess you could say. Um, so um, that's one of the, the largest endorsements that I've got. But um, in in terms of that, my, my main focus has just been meeting with the people. I've got a lot of local endorsements, no huge names of people you see on television. But I think that's that that's also what's most important. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's what's most important. District. 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, local activists, rabbis, pastors, um, business owners, people that are in the community that are that are, that are pillars um, are, are a lot of the endorsements that I've been getting. None, none of the names that you would recognize, but uh, here, very big deal. A lot of the people that have uh, been f coming our way. Oh, and I forgot a couple. Another okay. another large one is uh, is um, the former New York Police Commissioner uh, Bernard Carrick, um, who recently came in and he actually came to our city um, to help support some of our local candidates, including myself, and um, endorsed me. Um, to 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 run in the ninth district for primarily from my stance for um being pro-police and supporting our our police community um i think that was also a very good one especially considering the work he'd done um under the uh former mayor rudy giuliani during uh 9-11 well, that's a big one in new york they have a lot of people fight for bernie and with bernie usually you get a couple of others well i have questions about the border that we didn't touch you brought up medical freedom which is a very big issue. I mean, this whole mask mandate situation, especially since you guys brought up education, but we are running out of time and I'd love to have all of you back before November. Uh, we're just gonna say to everybody, uh, Frank Pallotta, Darius Mayfield, Billy Premba, please look up their websites. They are all on social media and they need money. $5, $10, they need volunteers. And you don't have to live in their district to volunteer. They could use help with phone banks. They could use help with social media, whatever you can do anywhere in the country. And remember, united we win. There is no I in team. And New Jersey doesn't have an I either. So it's all about working together and winning and I want to thank all three of you for joining us on this very special episode. People, November 3rd, we can change our country. We are falling apart. There is no other way to say it. Everybody is angry. Staying home is not an option. Thank you so much for being a part of this discussion on the Jewess Patriot. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Wow, what an amazing discussion with three Republican, GOP, conservative candidates from New Jersey, a blue state. Before we close, I want to talk to you about something that I am personally affected by, and so are many of you, because whether or not you are Jewish, you know Jews. You are familiar with anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. How many of you are aware that anti-Semitism is the largest hate crime situation going on today? There is more anti-Semitic hate crimes going on in America and across the world 
than crimes against Blacks, Hispanics, and even Asians. The numbers are alarming of what has gone on in the past year. People in both parties are partly responsible for this because while there's a lot of talk, there is no action. And today, Jews are scared to walk on streets, to walk to their synagogues to pray, to go to kosher supermarkets, to go to work, to take public transportation. And this is not limited to cities. This is happening in the suburbs. This is happening in 50 states. We read about it every day, what is going on on college campuses. And as powerful as we may seem to be, we are helpless. Five years ago, I'll never forget, a very prestigious rabbi called me a kook when I said we are living in pre-Holocaust times. Well, today, members of that rabbi's uh, shul, synagogue, reach out to me for help. I am amazed how many people are looking to relocate, thinking that's an answer. We can move, but we can't hide from the problems. And I recently wrote an article in the Times of Israel about something that I am calling Hitler mania, because there is a very big confusion when you compare and idolize Adolf Hitler to something called Beatlemania, when you idolize a musical group who brought generations of fans, entertainment, and great memories. You cannot idolize Nazism. You cannot idolize the power of Adolf Hitler, whether it's in a joke on social media or supporting companies like fashion houses that think it is acceptable to create fashions representing Jewish yellow stars of David, concentra concentration camp pajamas, or of course, the most familiar symbol, swastikas. It wasn't funny in 2005 when Prince William went to a party and wore an armband with a swastika, which was quite amazing because today in 2022, there is no public reference to Prince, um, sorry, Prince Harry going to visit his great-grandmother's grave in Israel. But his father and brother have. It wasn't funny when the reality show The Real Housewives of New Jersey had an incident where Margaret Josephs responded to Siggy Flicker in an argument referring to Hitler, that she wasn't going to be killed because she wasn't Jewish. Now, many of you know Siggy Flicker. She is an outspoken Zionist and Jew and the daughter of a Holocaust survivor, and she left the show. But you know what? Margaret Josephs now has been elevated. She has a more powerful role, and so does her mother and her husband. 
if we say it's okay and acceptable in our culture to joke about Nazism, to refer to Hitler, then we are saying it's okay to have a Holocaust again. And why is it okay to idolize Adolf Hitler and Nazism when it's the same kind of hate that people are fighting when they talk about slavery or human trafficking of young children? Hate is hate. We must stop this idolization of Nazism and Adolf Hitler. Even elected officials in both parties have to stop telling jokes and using memes on social media. Of course, we all saw the many memes referring to Joe Biden and comparing him to Adolf Hitler in that horrendous speech he gave last week. People, Holocaust denial is going on every single day. And for that reason, I, the Jewish Zionist, the Jewish patriot that I am, the American Jew, is going to start a segment every week. We are going to remember somebody who was murdered brutally by the Nazis, including 1.5 million children simply because they were Jewish. In a time when we talk about acceptance, in a time when we want everybody to feel welcome, this world is filled with more hate than ever before. And if I can share a little bit of a factual memory to remind people what happens when people are ignorant and they spread hate, then that's what this show is going to do. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Miriam Weisler, who was born in 1936, Michael Weisler, who was born in 1937, Shlomo Meisner, who was born in 1939, and they were all born to a family, a Jewish family in Poland. They were the children of Rudolf Weisler and Regina Ney Eliezer. Between 1942 and 1943, the children and their parents were deported to Auschwitz, where they were murdered. Miriam was six, Michael was five, and Shlomo was three years old. May their memory be a blessing. I received this information from a group called Children of the Holocaust, and there are many groups just like them. Plus, there are many organizations. I urge you, when you think about what is going on in this world today and how important it is to learn facts and history. I urge you to read about people that were either gassed to death, they were shot in mass graves. Many people and their families have no idea whatever happened to them. It wasn't that long ago there are still Holocaust survivors living, few and far between as the years go on. We must never forget or we will repeat the past. You have a voice. You have the right to vote. You have money to donate to people who stand with you. If you are not happy with what you are witnessing, 
Make Your Voices Heard in November on Election Day. This is Cindy Gross, The Jewish Patriot. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.